Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, good evening. Welcome to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. My name is Andy Santis. It's so great to be here, as always. And I have an amazing guest for you this evening. He's a very good friend of Fiat Ministry Network. His name is Tony Agnesi. He's a Catholic author, blogger, broadcaster, podcaster, and he has so much to talk to us about this evening. So welcome, Tony. Thanks for joining us on Journeys in Faith. And it's great, always great seeing you and always great uh, being with you, especially here on, on uh, the Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministries, uh, two, of my favorite, uh, two of my favorite evangelical ministries. I know they are because you've also been working closely with them. And now you're on Fiat Ministry Network with your own show. So we have so much to talk about. So for those people who have never met you before, Tony, I'd love for them to have an introduction to you and to your life. So please do share with us your faith journey. Oh, I'd be happy to. You know, I, uh, I was born and raised uh, uh, Catholic. Uh, I'm a cradle Catholic. My mom was a devout Catholic. And I mean, she was at the church every day, polishing the brass on the candlesticks and uh, ironing uh, all of the vestments and things for the, uh, for the priest. Our church was a very, very small church. I was an altar boy till I was 22 years old because there were no other younger kids to, to replace me. I had to wait for somebody to come up to the fourth or fifth grade so they could take it over. My dad was a, an Italian Methodist, which uh, kind of seems like a, uh, uh, an impossibility, but uh, he was, he was Methodist and Italian. And there was a small Italian Methodist church uh, in uh, where we lived and uh, uh, he, he attended there. So I have a little bit of that, uh, uh, you know, Methodist kind of uh, background from just from my dad. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of my favorite uh, books that I possess are two Methodist hymnals. One was my grandfather's and one was my dad's. And I uh, got both of those uh, uh, from them. And from each of my parents, I learned a little something differently. You know, I learned my faith from my mom. Uh, uh, I, I always thank her for making me go to church and uh, and making me uh, go to confession. Uh, Saturday morning was always time to go to confession. And I remember all my little buddies would come over to, hey, can uh, Tony come out and play? And she's not until he's gone to confession. I, uh, I tried to warn her that our playing was probably going to require me needing to go to confession, but uh, we always had to, go, <laughs> had to go first. And I learned, I learned things like faithfulness from my dad. Uh, you know, when my mom and dad got married, uh, back in the 40s, that was considered uh, a mixed marriage, you know, when a Protestant married a Catholic. And my dad agreed to raise us as Catholics. And uh, he took that very, very seriously. Every uh, Sunday morning, uh, we would get up and he would drive my mom and my sister and I to a mass at our little church. And then while we were at mass, he would drive across town to St. Uh, Dominic's and pick up two Dominican sisters who would he would bring back to our parish and they would teach our CCD, our Sunday school class after mass. And then when uh, that was over, uh, he would uh, take my uh, sister and I uh, and the uh, sisters back to St. Dom's. My sister and I would go back home and then he would go to church later that morning at his Methodist church. And 
that sounds like a pretty, uh, you know, pretty big day on Sunday. And he did that every Sunday for about 15 years. And um, the, uh, he got to be very good friends with the Dominican uh, sisters. And uh, I remember one particular time my dad was in the hospital uh, and um, uh, they didn't think he was going to make it through the night. And I remember going to the chapel to pray and when uh, I found that everything was going to be okay with him, I also discovered that those Dominican sisters, who he was kind of their, their driver, if you will, had prayed an all-night vigil for him that night. So I have, uh, I have a wonderful parental uh, upbringing. And like most kids, you know, I kind of I strayed from the faith when I went off, you know, uh, between college and my time in the Army. Uh, uh, I did spend a lot of time at, uh, you know, St. Mattress of the Springs, which... Uh, is that Saturday morning where you just can't, or Sunday morning where you just can't quite get out of bed. But, um, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've always been very, um, very much uh, involved in my faith. Um, it really uh, strengthened when I made a Curcio back in the 1970s. Um, I, uh, you know, the Curcio movement actually, which came out of Vatican II, uh, uh, and uh, a lot of men at that time, especially in Europe uh, and in Spain, where it came from, uh, were not going to mass. It was kind of you go to church and you see about 90% women. It's not all that different now, by the way. Uh, there are fewer men always at mass than there are women. But um, And so I made a cursillo, and that cursillo kind of got me uh, uh, reignited, if you will, in my faith. My wife... Uh, uh, made her curcio uh, uh, in a different city. She, I made mine here in Ohio. She made hers in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was the first women's curcio in Atlanta, Georgia that she made. And and we were involved with you know marriage encounter and Christ renews his parish and those types of things uh, throughout our our lifetime as well. So that's kind of my upbringing. And um, uh, business wise, I've been in the broadcast industry for fifty four years since I was sixteen years old. It's all I've ever done. And uh, uh, and I've done on-air work uh, till I was uh, probably in my late 30s, and I've been a, a radio executive uh, since then, and still am. I, I just I, I uh, haven't retired yet. I'm, I'm enjoying myself too much, and uh, uh, and it's it's always been fun. But I have uh, I have managed radio and TV stations uh, by being a storyteller. You know, everyone says you're a great storyteller, and. Um, well, you need to write some of these stories down. They would keep telling me, write them down. You need to write stories down. And I, I wasn't much of a writer. I think I shared with you once before, and when I went to college, my first um, a paper I did in English class came back with more red ink than black ink and a great big F at the top. Oh, boy. And the note from the professor that said, you'll never write above a fifth grade level. And that kind of squelched my writing until um, about 2012, I decided that I would write down some of these stories. And I began uh, uh, writing and I wrote a, oh, about a half a dozen stories and I gave them to a, a woman who was a, a former college professor who I see at Daily Mass. And I asked her if she'd read them for me and she said, sure. And she read them and uh, when she was finished, I said, what'd you think? And she said, oh, Tony, they're marvelous stories. And I said, well, that's really not important. What level do I write at? And she said, about sixth grade. <laughs> so I'm up a grade. From I do remember college. this. <laughs> I'm up a grade from college. So I've been writing, uh, you know, I've been writing ever since. I've written three books, um, and they're all in a series called The Storytellers. And uh, the first is called A Storyteller's Guide to a Grace-Filled Life. I don't know if I can do it without getting some shadow on it. And uh, wouldn't we all love to have a grace-filled life, you know? Um, 
Mary was full of grace and Jesus was full of grace. We read that in the Bible. And wouldn't we love to have a grace-filled life? And the, and the secret is we can. You know, a God's grace is so abundant and it's just, uh, uh, you know, infinite amount of grace. All we have to do is ask for it and bring it to us and, and, and by being faithful uh, to him. And then uh, my third book, which I'll mention second, was uh, volume two of the first book, Storyteller's Guide to a Graceful Life, volume two. It actually started out as a book called The Lost Stories because I had lost a bunch of stories. Mm -hmm. It didn't know what happened to them. And uh, I found them uh, a couple of years ago on a hard drive and they were intact. And we decided we were going to try to put them into a second book. Um, and it became... Um, uh, the lost stories kind of lost its uh, its glitter, and we just made it volume two of the first um, of the first story. And uh, you know, interesting. I just received. I wanted to share this with you, Anne, because I know you'd appreciate it. You know, I do jail ministry, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get going here. But I uh, I sent some books off to a a young man who's in prison, and uh, and I got a letter from him. Uh, and uh, this can I? I want to read just a little part of this letter. Please he do. Said, uh, my family followed a well-known televangelist, and I knew him personally. The very last conversation I had with him, he was telling me that God was just about done with me. I've since learned how untrue that is, but I'd be lying if I said it doesn't still come to mind and affect me. This is where your book, A Storyteller's Guide to a Graceville Life, Volume 2, comes into play. On page 50 and 51, you said... God will never give up on us. In his compassion and patience, he will wait for us and bless our searching. And he said, oh, how true that statement is, and it has set my mind free. Um, it's wonderful to realize that God uh, died, or that Jesus died for my sins. Glory be to God. And, and he goes on in the letter. And, you know, it's interesting because we began to correspond a little bit, and um, and just this past week, I got a letter from him and included was the first chapter of his book. So oh. he's an aspiring writer. And I, I, you know, I've been, uh, I just sent him a letter over the weekend encouraging him to, to continue to write. So every now and then we get a glimpse. The Lord gives us a glimpse of how what we do, whether it be hosting a show as you do or I do, or whether it be writing a book or whatever, or writing an article for a, a magazine, that they touch people and we, we, we don't get often don't get that immediate feedback. So it's really nice from time to time that the Lord gives us a glimpse of what happens when we, when we serve him. Uh, my third book, or my, actually my second book, which we'll talk about third yeah, sure. is about serving others. It's a storyteller's guide to joyful service. And uh, interestingly enough, um, when my book came out, uh, Father Leo, you know, the chef on EWTN yes. that, that prepares meals. Well, he was uh, preparing a meal and, a, and doing a talk. And I was sitting with Dr. Ray Garendi from, uh, from uh, EWTN, who does a show called The Doctor Is In. And, and so Ray says, hey, Tony, how's that second book doing? And I go, well, not as good as the first. And he said, well, I can tell you why. And I said, why? He said, because it's about serving others. And no one wants to serve others. Everyone wants to be served you know you go to the bookstore and um you know you'll you'll find all of these books on on self-improvement and self-help and all about self you'll find very few books in that same section about serving others but 
joy comes from serving others. It's just that simple. And, you know, a lot of people have a very, very difficult time, Ann, separating happiness from joy. You know, we're happy several times a day. We're unhappy several times a day. Uh, the Cleveland Indians are playing the Yankees. I mean, we, we lost like 12 to 2 last night So um, in the playoffs. So I was unhappy. And then I was really unhappy with the first debate that the presidential candidates did. But we're happy and sad all day. Joy is something different. Joy comes to us Amen. from our Lord. Joy comes to us from God. And and I'm, I know people on their deathbeds who are joyful, who have joyful lives that they, that they have done that. And it comes from serving others. So uh, the book is about getting joy from, from serving others. And a lot of the stories in that book are about service, about uh, how we can serve others. And as we do that, um, joy comes to us. Amen. Thank you so much so far for sharing your wonderful story. And, you know, I have my books right in front of me here, all three, all three. I have to show my audience here that I am a fan of Tony Agnesi and had met him uh, a long time ago on social media first and then in person uh, got to see him at the Catholic uh, Media Conference which was, yes, it was uh, great. It was a few years back. I, I, this year's conference got canceled. I was actually looking forward to attending. So uh, hopefully next year, maybe we'll have a Catholic uh, media conference. Yes, that would be awesome. But yes, th these books are very enriching and, and you are a storyteller. And that's what I like so much about your style is that you can touch people's hearts. I know that you've touched mine. So I thank you for enriching my own life and my faith. Well, I, I'd love to tell a few stories here during the show. Can I give, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask if you wouldn't mind me doing a book plug because, uh, and I'll tell you why, um, uh, all of the talks that I had scheduled, you know, I'm a Catholic speaker and I'm out quite a bit, uh, but once the um, pandemic hit, everything got canceled. So I had eight talks scheduled and we had ordered books for those eight talks. And of course, all the books are sitting over here in the other part of my office. And so what I thought we could do and, uh, is to offer them at a very special price. So what we're going to do is, if it's okay with you, you can get all three books in a bundle. And the two uh, first and second book are $13 each, and the, and the new one is $10. So that's um, uh, $36 worth of books. Normally, I would sell them for 30 but if you use the promo code FRIENDS and the coupon code FRIENDS, $20, you'll get all three books. It's the best price I've ever offered anywhere. And I'll tell you what, I'll sign them and ship them for free just to kind of move some of the stacks and stacks of books that we have here until we get back out on the speaker circuit, hopefully uh, this fall, but, but more, more than likely next spring. So use a promo code FRIENDS. You can get all three of those books signed for uh, $20. And, and a reminder, and I know you know this, Anne, I make no profit from my book sales. I, I take no money from the sale of books. All of the money that I receive from the sale of the books, once we pay the expenses, paid for printing and all of the uh, postage and all of those necessary things, everything else goes to the charities that my wife and I and ministries that my wife and I support. Uh, many of which that we, uh, you know, we talk about uh, in the book. So uh, it's a way for us to be able to donate, uh, you know, uh, more money than we normally would by having uh, the monies from the books go to that. And my speaking fees as well all go to, uh, to the uh, charities that we support. That's really an incredible, and I'll put it in quotes, deal, because it's more than a deal. It's really en enriching 
your faith, uh, your Catholic faith. So I would encourage people to do that. And you know what? We're coming into the holiday season, right? Advent, Christmas. Uh, I do think it's a very good gift. Yeah, it might it might be it a really great gift. And you know the the format of the books is uh, is there are individual stories. So there are a number of stories in each book. You can read them in about five minutes. I had one guy tell me, Tony, that's a great bathroom book. I don't know what he meant by that, but uh, but he reads one time mm -hmm. per, and uh, you get through the book in a couple of months. But it's a it's and a lot of people will use it uh, on their on their uh, nightstand. They'll read one story in the morning or in the evening uh, or a couple of stories during the course of the week. I have a lot of men's groups and women's group that use it kind of as a discussion starter. You know, they'll read one of the stories. So each story has some scripture attached to it uh, that that references it. And then at the end of each story, I ask three. Uh, questions for reflection. So there's some reflection questions. So a lot of groups will read the, you know, read a story and then they'll spend some time reflecting on the story. One of those men's groups invited me uh, and I was able to, to get free to attend uh, their men's group one night and was able to sit with them as we went through the stories. And as they read a story and began reflecting on them, some of the stories they told Anne were just amazing, just fabulous stories, and much better than mine, as a matter of fact. And a lot of those stories are about miracles that have happened in their lives and things that have happened. And, and so I, it prompted me, and when I speak a lot, people will come up, up to me afterwards when I'm signing books and will tell me these great, wonderful miracle stories. And so I have a new book that I'm working on called Tony Let Me Share My Miracle. And it's uh, miracle stories from other people who, you know, for whatever reason would never write them down. And this is an opportunity for them to share them with me and I'll write them and they can yes or no, approve them and so forth. And they'll be able to share them with their kids or grandkids uh, down the road. And they'll all end up in a book that we hope to release August of 2021. So that's, uh, that's our book for next year. Oh, that's going to be great. I'll look forward to that one. Uh, and again, the title of that one again, Tony, if you Tony, would. Tony, let me share my miracle is the name of the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're, we're working on miracle stories. You know, miracles are something that people always... Uh, uh, talk to me about when I speak, you know, they come up to me afterwards and they say, Tony, uh, how do you have so many miracles and things happen in your life? And I always tell them uh, during the course of my talks that you can have a life of predictable miracles. And the way you have a life of predictable miracles is through service. And um, I have this little trigger prayer. I know I've shared it with you, Ann, but we'll share it with our viewers uh, here tonight. Uh, it's a little prayer is, Lord, make me an instrument, put somebody in my path today that you can help through me. So put somebody in my path today that you can help through me. I'll be your hands, your eyes, your ears, Lord. I'll be mobilized to help, but you have to put that, uh, put that in front of me. And I always say it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a prayer that if you pray it, it'll, ha it'll work every day. It works every day. It work happens all the time. There are always somebody who crosses your path that could use a smile, that could use a kind word, uh, that could use some encouragement if, if, you know, if they're having a tough time. And so uh, that's all I've done over the course of a number of years. I put up my antenna, oftentimes at daily mass. Uh, when I receive the Eucharist, I'll say, Lord, make me an instrument. Put somebody in my path today that you can help through me. And sure enough, almost every single day something happens. Now, we're not talking about parting the Red Sea kind of miracles here, Ann. We're talking about predictable, everyday miracles that, that happen in our lives. Um, I, uh, you know, I talk, I talk about some of them. The, um, 
you know, there are, are uh, you go to, I, I'm at the grocery store and uh, somebody that I knew uh, from coaching a, a young, a young man, a parent uh, was in the aisle and uh, you could tell he was probably uh, un under chemotherapy, had lost his hair, uh, he was, uh, his weight had, had diminished. And, and um, I got this nudge, and this is what we have to do, is follow the nudges and bumps that we get from the Holy Spirit. And I'm not, I don't, I'm not the only guy to get, we all get them, and it's just a matter of whether or not we act on them. So when I spotted him, you know, the normal, um, the normal reaction that most people would have would be go down another aisle. But I went over and I talked to him a bit, and he said, Tony, would you pray for me? Now, when people ask me to pray for them, I have a, a little uh, a book that I keep by my, uh, uh, on my bed, uh, nightstand by my bed, and I write their name in and, and, and you know, what I'm praying for, and I usually uh, do that in that way. And I told him I would do that, and he looked at me and he said, Tony, would you pray for me now? Mm. And right there in front of the frozen foods, I think we were between the peas and the green beans, we, uh, I laid hands on him and he on me and we prayed right there in the store. And from that moment on, I realized when somebody asks you to pray for them, they ask you to pray for them right now. And so that's what I do. I don't care where I'm at in the frozen food aisle or at the Home Depot. It doesn't matter. Uh, when somebody asks for prayer, I pray for them then. But, you know, this idea that um, of these bumps and nudges that we get from the Holy Spirit. And we have to have our antenna up. We have to be open to that. You know, most of us, have you ever gotten the nudge to call someone? Hey, you know, I think I ought to call Bill, let's say. And, yes. And most of us just get that nudge and just ignore it and, and go on with our daily lives. But what happens when you call Bill is he says to you, I was just thinking of you. I, you're the perfect person to talk to. I really needed someone to talk with. And you turn that nudge to call Bill into a miracle by simply picking up the phone and calling him. Uh, there was a, a gal I used to work with. She was a three-time uh, cancer survivor. And she did a thing called the three o'clock call. And every day at three o'clock, she'd drop whatever she was doing and call somebody. And you would be surprised the miraculous things that happened during her calls, how she was able to lift spirits and so forth. And I asked her at one time, I said, do you ever have difficulty coming up with people to call every day? And she said, Tony, no, there's always someone going into the hospital, somebody hurting, someone who's lost a loved one, uh, someone who's having difficulty at school, somebody, there's always someone to call with a bit of encouragement. And you know, it takes five minutes. Uh, sometimes they turn into, <laughs> into an hour, but uh, but we, we, need to, we need to do that more frequently. You know, when the uh, pandemic hit back, uh, we had just gotten back from Florida in March and all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And I'm kind of stuck here in my office every day. I've been working out of my office now for six months, you know, out of my home office. And, um, and so I decided I was going to call some people. And that's what I did. I just grabbed my old Rolodexes. I called some buddies from high school who I haven't talked to in years. I called a couple of college friends. I called some Catholic writers who are friends of mine who we, uh, we don't get to talk very often. And since, you know, the convention was canceled and so forth, you don't get to see people. And I, and I, I, I organized a, um, a Zoom call of my uh, high school graduating class. And it ended up we had over 20 high school, uh, you know, of our high school classmates on. And nice. we actually have done two or three of them since then. 
and I did one with the Catholic Writers Guild, and we got on some of the some of the writers and so forth that uh, that I uh, have have you know befriended over the over the years through the guild, and it's just a miraculous thing is the just some of the wonderful conversations you can have with people just by just by following the nudges and bumps, you know, and uh, we get them in all sorts of ways. I remember one day. I used to go to mass quite a bit at 1210 uh, at uh, a parish called St. Bernard's, which was near a college campus, Youngstown State University's college campus. And so I used to go there at 1210. Well, I would leave my office at noon and every light would turn green all the way down the <laughs> town and I would pull in the parking lot and, and I, would, uh, I would go to mass there. This one day on the way back from mass, I hadn't eaten yet, and I, I had enough time to stop and, and get something, so I pulled into an Arby's, and um, and I walked in, and there was uh, nobody in there at the time, but there were two young girls behind the counter, and I could tell that the one girl was kind of consoling her friend. Uh, they were both in tears as I walked in, and um, the uh, one girl said that she was out of money and had no money, and it wasn't payday wasn't uh, coming up until Friday, and she had no no means to get anything. And her friend said, "I have two dollars, and I have a bus pass, and I will either give you the two dollars and I'll keep the bus pass, or you can have the bus pass and I'll keep the two dollars." And when I heard that, overheard that, I got this nudge from the Holy Spirit. So I got my my uh, my sandwich and uh, my Coke, and I reached into my wallet and I gave each of them a $20 bill. And I said, this is your tip for good service. And uh, now I could go to the ATM machine and get more money, but obviously this young woman couldn't. And I was just so impressed, you know, it reminded me of the widow's might where, you know, just a couple of coins is all she had, but she gave all that she had. And this young girl, I would put her at maybe 16 or 17 years mm. old, was willing to give up her $2 or her bus pass. Uh, my giving up, you know, $20 seemed to be rather small compared to what they had done. So these things happen all the time, you know, uh, and we have an opportunity to you know, I, I got a bump at the gym. I think I may have shared this with you, but not with your with your viewers. I'm at the gym working out, and I just had one of those. You never have the day you go to the gym, and about the best thing you did was just get there. I, yes. I was just kind of <laughs> kind of just going through the motions. And down at the other end of the gym was a woman who was just working out like crazy. I mean, she was just flying on a treadmill and doing squats. And I mean, I was just impressive. And she kind of motivated me. And so I started working a little harder because I had been kind of loafing my way through uh, through a workout that time. And I got this nudge to go thank her, just say, hey, you really gave me a motivation today watching you. And But the problem was I never really had the opportunity. We we're never on the same side of the gym at the same time. And then uh, she left, I left and so forth. But when I got to my car, as I unlocked my car door, there she was. She was standing there. She was parked next to me. And I kind of startled her. She kind of startled me. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I said, I, I wasn't in a very good mood to work out. So I said, but just watching how hard you were going, you really motivated me to, to work harder. And she kind of, kind of got this strange look like, who is this weird guy? <laughs> and she said, well, I'm glad I could help. It was something along those lines. And I said, you know, you really did help me. And I'm sure you've helped many people in the past too who had problems being motivated. And I know for sure that you'll motivate more people in the future. And as I said that, 
her expression changed and she got a tear in her eye and she said, well, I'm glad I motivated you because now you've given me the motivation to continue and in continuing to be able to, to help others. And so, you know, the, the subtitle of my book, uh, my, my uh, Serving Others book is Turning Your Misery into Ministry. And that's what she's been able to do. And she didn't realize it until then. And now she realizes that she can turn that misery uh, into a ministry. And, you know, so many people can do that. And that the best drug counselors I've met in, in, in uh, dealing with rehab centers and dealing with uh, jails and prisons are recovering addicts. The best alcohol counselors I've ever met, uh, you know, through AA and other sources are recovering alcoholics. They've been there, done that. They know, you know, the woman that, that visits a cancer patient at the hospital uh, is, is, a, is a recovering cancer patient, is a cancer survivor. Uh, the man giving a homeless man a pair of boots on the bridge was homeless once himself. You know, the, the, the husband and wife that raise money for autism have an autistic child. And so uh, the people that donate, uh, you know, a, a whole meal at Christmas time to a needy family are paying it forward because somebody did that for them 30 years ago, you know, and, and they're paying it forward. So uh, turning your misery into ministry is, is something that the Lord can do for us if we're open to his grace and we're open to serving others. And the most wonderful things can happen. The most, uh, the most predictable miracles can happen by us just saying yes to God and, and doing that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I always love to hear your stories. And I know that we could talk even longer than an hour and listening to your life and the people that you've met and your experiences. So I thank you so much. Now we do have to take a break in just a couple minutes. Uh, before we do, I just want to mention to my viewers about an opportunity, which you may have seen before on this show. It's called the Discover Your Mission series. So just keep an eye on the commercial because there will be some information there. And uh, the website is patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. So do check that out too. So we will be back in just a few minutes here on Journeys in Faith with my great guest, Tony Agnesi. Hi, my name is Ann DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatus.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatus on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern Time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you.
Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month, he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist or not. Hi, welcome back here to Journeys in Faith with Anne DeSantis here. It is so good to be here on Fiat Ministry Network. And I give a shout out to the producer, Ken Kohoski, and also Jennifer Sinclair, who's also doing great work to help promote Fiat Ministry Network. We are also a part of Patchwork Heart Ministry, which Tony, my guest here, I know you know Bill Snyder very well, and thank him for his great work too. So Tony, Agnesi, again, thank you so much for joining me on this evening. It's, it's just wonderful to be here. Anytime I can uh, share some, uh, some time with you is fantastic. We've had some marvelous conversations over our times uh, together, and uh, I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Thank you, Tony. Now, before the break, we talked a lot about your writing. 
and about your books and also about some of your wonderful experiences with some of the people that you've met over the years and stories. Uh, it's just awesome. Now, I know you've also done some work with the homeless and some have some words to share with us there. Yeah, I'll share a few stories uh, with you. You know, working uh, with the homeless is something that came about um, a number of years ago. You know, I, I um, am involved with, uh, with country radio, and I, so I spent a lot of time in, in Nashville. And uh, I, I have a, a favorite Mother uh, Teresa quote, St. Mother Teresa now. And, and St. Mother Teresa said, and this is one, not one of her more famous quotes, she said, minister to the Jesus in front of you. And what she meant by that was everybody that we talked to, every, every person, homeless person she picked up in the streets and brought to her um, uh, for medicine or, or to the orphanage or whatever, she was ministering to the Jesus in front of her. She used to say, you could see the face of Jesus in everyone you meet. See the face of Jesus in everyone you meet. Well, a number of years ago, I was in Nashville uh, for a convention and... Um, staying at a fabulous hotel. The only bad news was it was $14.95 a day for internet access, and I wasn't about to pay that when right down the street was a Panera. So um, about 7 o'clock in the morning, I, I leave the hotel and begin walking to the Panera carrying my laptop, and I'm the only person on the street except for a woman uh, who, I, who I, I automatically knew was a homeless woman who was across the street from me. And as I began walking, she said, sir, sir. And Anne, I ignored her. I just kept walking with my eyes fixed on the Panera a couple of blocks away. And, and then she said it again, sir, sir. And again, I ignored her and kept walking. And then a third time, she was standing right next to me, sir, sir. And I turned and I said, yes. And she said, what time is it? And I said, it's 7 a.m. And that's when she began her story, as many homeless people do. She said, you know, I'm from Bristol, where the racetrack is. And I've been in Nashville for six months, and there are no jobs. I can't find a job. And I haven't eaten in a couple of days. And I had worked with homeless people. I had done things uh, with various homeless uh, organizations. But I kept walking and I asked her some questions and so forth. And when we got to the Panera, I uh, reached into my pocket and I handed her a $20 bill and I went right into the Panera. And as I'm standing there looking out the window at her, Mother Teresa's words rang through my head. Minister to the Jesus in front of you. See the face of Jesus in everyone you meet. And yeah, I had given her $20, but that's not what she needed most. What she needed most was my attention, for me to look her in the eyes, for me to ask her name, for me to minister to her, minister to the Jesus that God had put in front of me that day. And, and to be able to see the face of Jesus, you have to look them in the eye. And I didn't do that. And it was on that day I made a vow, and never to ignore a homeless person again. And since that time, I haven't. Now, I'm not saying that every time I see a homeless person on the sidewalk that I reach into my pocket and give them money. But if I'm engaging, I'm going to ask them their name. I'm going to find out if they're well. I'm going to find out if, if they've eaten and so forth. 
and these are small things we can do, but, um, you know, as we, uh, as we do that, um, as we minister to people, uh, it gives us a chance to see our, our ministry in action. You know, um, I, back to my, my friend, my church that I go to at, at 1210 some days, and one particular day, um, I walked in. Now, this church seats about a 1,000 people. I should make that clear. It's a, it's a big church, cathedral-like church. And, uh, but I have my seat there. Uh, and, you know, most people have their seat at Mass. And admit it, you have your seat, all you people watching. Yes, yes. And this, this particular day, there was a woman sitting in my seat. Not my row, my seat. She was in my actual seat. And I uh, grabbed my hymnal and I got into the row near her. I couldn't believe she was in my seat. A thousand seats to choose from. And she picked my seat. And... Um, so as Mass began, she didn't have a hymnal, so I reluctantly shared mine with her, and, uh, and she kind of mumbled her way through the opening hymn. And I could tell right away she wasn't uh, a Catholic, and, and, and this was probably a first-time experience for her. And I went off to communion and came back and so forth. And when the Mass was over, uh, she stopped me and said, Sir, can I share something with you? And I said, Of course. And she said, I have a, a $50 fine to pay at the courthouse. The courthouse is located just about next door across the road. And I didn't have $50. All I had was a bus pass to get downtown. And I took the bus down to the bus station. And as I walked from the bus station to go to the courthouse, I passed this church. And I had never been in a church before. And I decided I was going to go in and I was going to find some way to pray for a miracle. And so she came into the church and she said, do you see that elderly woman sitting down in the front row? And I said, yes. She said, she saw me sitting here crying and she came over to me and asked me what was wrong. And I told her that I had a $50 fine to pay and didn't have the money. And the elderly woman reached into her purse and wrote a check out for $50. And she proudly showed me the check. She held it up for me. <laughs> and that elderly woman's uh, a name on the check began with the word judge. And so she got her miracle. Wow. And, and I, I said, you got a miracle. That's wonderful. And as I was began to leave again, she said, can I stop you? And I said, yeah. She said, I haven't eaten in two days. Can you help mm. me? And it was one of the, you, know, you ever have those one of those days where you just don't have any money on you? I mean, this was one of those days. Yes. But I had a credit card, and, and, and the university has a little cafe, a little um, lunch thing uh, right down the road from the church. I said, walk with me. And so we walked down to this little um, uh, cafe, and they had an uh, ATM machine there, and I was able to get her some money and, and get her a sandwich and so forth that she could eat. And as we walked back up the hill, um, she gave me the biggest hug, Ann, and she said, I walked into church today for the first time. Uh, praying for a miracle. And she said, I got two miracles, two miracles. Mm. And uh, she thanked Wonderful. me and I, 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 we turned and she crossed the road to go to the courthouse and I walked back up the hill uh, to go back to my car. You see, that little gesture that that judge did prompted me and I was able to help her in just some small way. But uh, I've seen her at mass since then. And uh, I heard, uh, because I haven't been at that particular church in a while because of COVID, I, I, I go to the one close to the house here, 
that she uh, is in RCIA, and uh, isn't that neat? So oh, you see how things incredible. work, and and I could have very easily gone and sat somewhere else. I could have easily ignored her. I could have easily not shared my hymnal with her or engaged her in conversation, but I did, and so that's sometimes those things happen for a reason, and. Uh, yeah, I'm one of those, believe you know, Albert Einstein said, you can believe nothing is a miracle or everything is a miracle. And I choose to believe that, uh, that everything, everything is a miracle. Yes, I know you do. I, I just love your stories. And I encourage people to go to your website. We didn't mention that yet, but you have a very good website that will lead you to uh, Tony's writing and, and some of the other wonderful things that he's doing. It's TonyAgnacy.com. So please do go there. And I know you're also on all the social media platforms. Yeah. Tell us do, about that. I do, uh, I do a couple of things. First of all, the Storytellers program uh, is on Fiat Ministry Network. As a matter of fact, it airs Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Got some marvelous guests uh, lined up and, uh, and we're into that season. And so you can go to uh, Fiat Ministry Network on YouTube or you can go to Patchwork Heart Ministries or you can go to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Tony Agnesi, and you can get the latest and all of the uh, previous uh, storytellers. And we also have the Storytellers radio broadcast up there. We've had two seasons done. We're in our third season with radio. A new project I'm working on is a video series called Five Minutes with Tony. Uh, we've got 24 of them posted right now. They're all five minutes or less uh, videos. And we're doing two a week. Every Monday and Thursday, we post a new one. And I've kind of made a commitment to doing two a week through the rest of this year. And then we're going to see how that works uh, out in the future. They're all there. They're all just nice, short, five-minute features. And uh, they're at my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Tony Agnesi. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Tony Agnesi everywhere you might, you know, you might find it. I do a feature on Instagram and Facebook called Daily Grace. It's just a daily quote that I post every day. And um, uh, we get comments on them and we get people that like them. Sometimes people dislike them, but uh, we put a different quote up every day. Mo uh, many of which come from my books, some of which uh, are anonymous quotes that I've, some came from grandma, they come from all sorts of sources. And uh, the, uh, our goal, uh, my goal is to have 365 of those and we're gonna get them done into one of those four by four cube calendars where you have a page, page a day with a different quote each day. And we're hoping, we were hoping to have that for uh, 2021, but I think because of COVID, we're going to probably, you know, push that back to 2022 and and maybe get some some better ones to replace some of them that aren't quite as 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 powerful as some that we we post. So all of those things um, are at tonyagnesi.com. At least that'll give you a chance to get and and my store is there too. You can click on tonyagnesi.com/store. It'll take you to my books. There's a bundle there of all three books. You click on it and put in the promo code FRIENDS and you'll get all three books, free shipping, signed by me for $20, which is uh, the best deal we, we've ever had uh, in terms of uh, the internet. It sure you know, is. You, sure mentioned, is. you mentioned jail ministry as well. And um, with COVID, we've been unable to go into the jail. Uh, we've been, uh, we, you know, we can't go in. Uh, for obvious reasons, they don't want any anybody to bring anything in, nor do they want anybody there to 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 give it to someone. So, we have not been in the uh, jail since uh, um, middle of March, end of March, somewhere in that time frame. So, and I miss it. I miss uh, spending time uh, when I'm in the uh, jail. I tell 
the inmates I'm with that there's no place I'd much rather be than with them because I think there's just so much to gain as I shared the letter with you earlier in the program that of working with with people and and of learning you know I spend um, the uh, I, I, I work with both women and men and I can share a, a couple of stories with you there was um, a woman I met uh, in uh, jail and um, her um, nickname was Buffy, and um, uh, Buffy was um, a, a heroin addict. And um, when I first met her, she had just been arrested on a heroin charge. Uh, she looked awful, uh, just hair disheveled, complexion, uh, eyes were kind of uh, muddied, and and uh, just just you you could see there was uh, there was uh, some beauty underneath there, but but uh, not that night. And uh, for some reason, Buffy and I just hit it off, and uh, we uh, had a chance to talk uh, on Tuesdays. And um, and every time I saw her, she looked a little better. You know, she she cleaned up. Uh, she uh, at least combed her hair as much as you can do when you're in jail. And uh, she was, um, uh, you know, her eyes had had cleared, and and uh, obviously, uh, you know, the addiction was something that she was a day at a time away from. You know, uh, uh, being away from from heroin and she was in about I think just under nine my eight and a half months or something like that and she was clean you know had not uh, used drugs for that period of time and um, and the last time I saw her in the uh, in the jail um, she said Tony uh, I'm gonna get out in a week and I have really nowhere to go um, uh, the only people I know are, are drug users I have no family here I, I, the I have no clean friends that I can go to. Uh, they made a very strong attempt to get her into a, a halfway house or, uh, and, and, you know, the interesting thing about uh, heroin addictions, there's very few beds for women. Uh, most of them are for, for, for men. And uh, in this particular instance, there were only six beds in the entire county for women. And obviously they fill up quickly. And now that same county has 11. So <laughs> they're, they're getting better, but there there are many many more beds for men. Of course, the, the need is greater, but there are need. There's a need for for women, and so we uh, talked with uh, you know the uh, uh, people at the jail about trying to get her into, and they work very very hard to try to get her maybe in another county in another facility. But at that particular time, the heroin situation was terrible, and I mean there were just so many people, uh, and so. Um, we said our goodbyes uh, that particular night, and um, uh, a few days later, a week later, or two weeks later, we had a jail ministry meeting at Panera, by the way, because uh, they have free internet access. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, one of the one of the gals that runs the uh, the jail ministry, uh, my friend Connie, uh, said to me, "Tony, did you hear about Buffy?" And I said, "No." I said, "I talked to her a couple of weeks ago," and she said, "Well, she got out on Thursday, and she died of an overdose." on Sunday. And I felt like a failure, Anne. I felt like I had failed her over the time I had been with her. I felt that the courts had failed her, that the system had failed her, that certainly the ability to rehabilitate from it had failed her. Here was a, a woman in her mid-30s who had so much life ahead of her, who had cleaned up but then she went right back to where she was and she resisted on Thursday and resisted on Friday and resisted on Saturday, but then it finally gave in. And 
the amount of uh, heroin she was using when she was arrested was an amount that she had built up to, and using that same amount was an amount to kill her at that time, uh, which it did. So, you know, we have these stories, and, you know, a lot since then has happened. So I want to say that we, we, we've done a pretty good job of rehabilitation facilities. The courts have recognized that many of the people uh, who have heroin addictions um, have them as a result of, uh, of painkillers. More, more people get hooked on heroin as a result of prescription drugs than through any other, any other source. You know, they get scripted up for Oxycontin or something because they hurt their back in, a, in an accident or, uh, you know, uh, an industrial thing or whatever. And when that prescription runs out, they can't get it. And, and heroin is the alternative and they end up becoming heroin addicts. And uh, there, but for the grace of God go all of us. And I can't judge these people. I can only love them and, and hope that we can change things to make it easier for them to rehabilitate and get back into society uh, uh, clean. Thank you so much. I remember the story of Buffy. I could never forget. I know it's in one of your books. So uh, it is always lift up those prayers for the people who have gone before us, suffered so much. And I know you, Tony, tried so hard to make that outreach. So I'm also sorry to you and your friends uh, for that loss. Mm -hmm. And yes. there so. And there's been some great stories too, like like the young man who's going to be getting out and his goal in life is to is to go into ministry. He wants to go into ministry. He wants to be involved uh, uh, in jail ministry and so forth. And, and hopefully uh, we can help him make that happen by just encouraging him and, and keeping in touch uh, uh, with him. You know, uh, there's, uh, I talk about some of the women in jail, you know, they're, uh, when I was younger, I, you know, I don't know if you remember this because you're so much younger than I am, man, but uh -huh. guys had a little, <laughs> I had a little black book. You know, what a little black book is. Yes. That's where you wrote down the names of all the girls you had dated and you put whether they were a nine or a 10 or whatever. Uh, and then in the last column, I put whether they were a good girl or a bad girl because I dated both, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> and you, uh, uh, But now my little black book are women that I'm praying for in prison. And I have their name and I have the number of years or months and so forth that they're serving. And they're all good girls. They're all good. And, and it's a chance for me to pray for them. And as, as I work with people in the jail and, and they get ready to be shipped out and, and go to prison, oftentimes the last night I see them, they'll hand me a, a crumpled sheet of paper with their, with their name and, the, and their prison and, and, and the years they're serving. And I always tell them I will pray for them. And I do that every single day. I know you do. You are such a man of faith. I thank you for the wonderful work that you're doing and do invite people to please do connect with you at your website at TonyIgnacy.com and make sure that you watch him here right on this very network here on Fiat Ministry Network on Wednesdays, right? Wednesday nights Wednesdays. at 6. Uh, we premiere a new version of the Storytellers and they're fun. A lot of the people we interview are, are, are telling their life story, their faith journey. And many of them are authors or speakers uh, and have, you know, different ministries that they're involved with. So it's a chance to expose people to a, a number of wonderful, wonderful apostolates. Yeah, that's amazing. And I really do enjoy that. Thank you for your work there, Tony. Now we're going to be wrapping up in just a few minutes here. I wondered if you had any closing words before we end. I just want to encourage people to... You know, when we look at the world we live in today, that, uh, you know, that they take faith, their faith seriously, that they, 
you know, that they, that they have a prayer life, that they, that they are in touch with our Lord, and that they're open to the graces that can come to them by, by serving others. You know, uh, there was a, a note uh, at the local St. Vincent de Paul. They needed a couple of volunteers to help at their food pantry on a Thursday night. And my wife and I went, and we absolutely worked our butts off and weren't we didn't. We we never felt as good when we were done. We actually left and 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 came back home, and it was a good feeling to know that we had helped some people. You know, we've been blessed in our lives, and isn't it isn't it a great opportunity for us to help others by by doing just small things, uh, helping a neighbor, an elderly neighbor who might need to uh, doesn't can't go to the grocery store. Maybe you pick them up some groceries. Just be open to that. Pray that little prayer, Lord, make me an instrument. Put somebody in my life today that you can help through me. I'm going to tell you, pray that prayer, my friends, and then just watch what happens. You'll be amazed. Amen. I know you're right about that. So thanks for reminding me, too, because I think we all need to hear that. Keep your eyes and ears open for how God is speaking to us. Amen. So. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for being a guest. Please come back again. This has been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, pleasure and thank you so much. Thank you. Now, one more thing. Uh, after this show is over, please do check out on patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. There will be a show called Five Minutes of Faith, and Tony will join me as he's going to talk during those five minutes about dealing with changes. So make sure that you go to that site. You'll be able to get it. Now, it is a a subscription, the Patreon series, uh, and it's very well worth it. So you can learn more at the site. So everyone, you have a great night and I'll see you next Friday night. God bless. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media just search Journeys in Faith with Anne DeSantis.